You are listening to Pandora's Box Radio with Kalia LaRoche. For more information about my products and services, counseling, coaching, hypnotherapy, books, and audios, please visit NarcissismFree.com or PathBackToSelf.com. Hello and welcome to Pandora's Box. This is Kalia. And today I'm going to ask the question, do narcissists know what they're doing? And the reason I'm asking this question today is in my last podcast, somebody commented that they know exactly what they're doing. In my last podcast, I talked about how a lot of people, and I didn't say specifically narcissists, but a lot of people that do things that are hurtful to others are oblivious. And I want to really expand on that a little bit more today because I think some people might have gotten the wrong idea of what I was talking about. A lot of, I mean, this is a big argument. I hear this a lot. I have been working in the field of narcissistic abuse for over 20 years now. And so I have talked to a lot of people who have come out of narcissistic relationships and I've been in my own and very, very familiar with the mindset of a narcissist. First of all, I want to explain to you that narcissism is on a spectrum, like anything is on a spectrum. And that means that not every narcissistic person is going to be exactly the same. When you are caught up in addiction, or you're codependent, or you have a personality disorder, or anything like that, there's a tendency to go into black and white thinking, which is all or nothing. And that's not really healthy. The healthy way to look at things is to realize that there's these shades of gray. And the more that we can look at life through the shades of gray, the more honest that we're really being. And I'm going to invite you to look at narcissism through shades of gray. And that means that we've got malignant narcissism, which most of you know very well, that's the most toxic and destructive type of narcissism. And then there are people who are a little narcissistic and a little narcissistic might be a little self-centered a little oblivious to what their actions are doing to others um you know that they might have some of those character traits entitlement and um envy and different things that have to do with narcissism I think it's also important to state that narcissism doesn't necessarily imply, or when I talk about narcissism, I'm not necessarily implying that 
I'm talking about a narcissistic personality disorder because we know that that really very few people are ever diagnosed with narcissistic personality disorder. We're talking about personality traits. We're talking about characteristics. And somebody can be narcissistic without being diagnosed as having narcissistic personality disorder. And if they did go to see a psychologist, which they're probably not likely going to do, but if they did, um, they may or may not be diagnosed with narcissistic personality disorder. So we're not talking about a personality disorder per se. We're talking about a set of characteristics. We've all come to know as narcissistic. And the reason that we've come to know these set of characteristics as narcissistic because they're damaging, because they're hurtful. And people who are narcissistic really think about themselves. The biggest characteristic of somebody that's narcissistic is lack of empathy. And when I talk about a narcissistic person being clueless or oblivious, I think this is really super important because they lack empathy. So we tend to, especially, especially if we have codependency, to project how we think and feel and believe onto other people. And so we imagine what they must be thinking or feeling or believing. And it's, it's really a dangerous thing for us to do with this with the narcissist because we have to understand that if we're talking about somebody that lacks empathy, that means they're not really able to think about what our experience is, how we might be affected. So, what they do is for their own benefit as we know they do things because it's what they want to do let's say have an affair for example well they see somebody they like or that they're attracted to or that they want to get closer to they're not thinking about their wife or their girlfriend back home or their husband or boyfriend they're thinking about what they want they're thinking about what they want to do they're not thinking about, well, if I do this, then, you know, my wife isn't going to like it or my husband isn't going to like it or it could cause my marriage to break up or it could, you know, really affect this person negatively because of that lack of empathy. So we tend to project our empathy onto that person. And one of the first things that I've noticed in working with clients that they that they say to me is I could never do something like to that that to them how could they do that to me well I would venture to say that most narcissistic people aren't really thinking about what they are doing to you they're thinking about what they're doing for themselves what they want what they need they're fulfilling their own wants needs and desires now as more codependent people or let's just 
take it a step further and say healthier people because you know codependency is a uh it's an issue it's a dysfunction so people that are highly codependent are not healthy but people who are really human and in touch with their compassion and their empathy for other human beings are going to think about how their actions might affect somebody else. So if you are more on the codependent side of things, or you're more on the healthy side of things, you're likely going to think about, well, I'm not going to move forward. I might be attracted to this person, but I'm not going to move forward because that would not be good for my marriage or my relationship. It might hurt that person. It might destroy what I already have, and I don't want to do that. But narcissistic people's minds work in a different way, and we tend to project and, and believe on some level that their minds work the same way that our minds work. So when they do something like cheat, for example, or lie or anything like that, it's like, how could you hurt me like that? How could you do that to me? I could never do that to you. Well, that's really common with somebody who actually thinks about how our actions and behavior affect others. And the reason that we call people narcissistic is because, number one, that lack of empathy, that lack of compassion, that lack of an ability. And I say an ability, and I think this is really important to understand, an ability or a capability or a capacity to understand how one's actions and behavior affect other people. Now, a lot of people will say, well, they just don't care. Well, yeah, that's true too. They don't care how their actions and behavior affect other people because they're not thinking about that. They're thinking of themselves Therefore, they are narcissistic. And I'm not saying everybody that thinks of themselves as narcissistic. I actually encourage people to think more about themselves. Uh, you know, the self-love piece. So that, that's very different. But I'm just saying that it's not a trait of somebody that's narcissistic to be thinking about how their actions and their behavior affect the people that they're supposed to love. That's just not where their mind is. They don't walk a mile in somebody else's shoes or moccasins. They don't put themselves in your shoes and imagine what it would be like to be you. That's where the compassion and empathy comes in. And most people that I work with, whether they're codependent or empathic, or whatever they are, they tend to always be thinking about how their actions and behavior 
affect other people. They're worried about hurting people. In fact, that can be a really codependent trait is I don't want to tell that person how I really feel because if I tell them how I really feel, they might be hurt by that. And I wanna spare them their hurt feelings by withholding how I feel. Now you're gonna notice that most narcissistic people don't do that. They don't withhold how they feel. They're just gonna be out with it. They're just going to tell you how they feel regardless of how much it hurts you and if you feed back to them, well, that's really hurtful what you just said, that you're not attracted to me anymore. That's very hurtful. Their response is likely to be, well, I'm just being honest. I'm just being honest. Can't you handle honesty? So, you know, compassion allows us to be truthful but in a way that's considerate of the other person and gentle. So if you're not attracted to somebody anymore, you're not gonna just come out and say, you know what, I'm not attracted to you anymore. It's not a, a very kind thing to say to somebody because it might imply that they're not attractive, but instead, you know, find gentler ways to let them know that, um, you know, it's just not working for you anymore and that your energy is going somewhere else or you want something different and you can be honest with somebody but still be compassionate and caring with them so narcissistic people can can have a tendency to be um, blatantly honest in a in a way that's very hurtful and i hear this a lot i hear a lot of my clients talk about this kind of brutal honesty that comes with narcissistic people. And even though they can be pathological liars in on one hand, they can have brutal honesty on, on the other hand. So for example, the pathological lying might be to lie about having an affair with somebody, not being honest about it, not being open about it. And then if you suspect something's happening and you say something, they would attack your, your character. How could you even think that? What's wrong with you? You're so insecure. So there might be a tendency to attack your, your character for bringing up some um, concerns that you might have about what they're doing. But let's say you actually catch them in the act after they have invalidated you time and time again you actually have proof or evidence that they actually are having an affair and you bring that up to them see i've got evidence i just saw this text message come in on your phone from so and so that said this and um you know of course one of the first things they might do is is you know attack you for looking at their phone how dare you i don't have any privacy or you know and go back to the i'm you're so insecure you can't just let it go but if you back them into the corner, that's where the brutal honesty is likely to come out. Well, you know, I never really liked you anyway. This person's a lot better than you are. So you might get that kind of honesty from them that's really brutal and really hurtful. Do they know what they're doing? That's the question. Well, they, they might have 2020 hindsight in some 
situations. Remember, we're talking about a spectrum. And when I say 2020 hindsight, let's say that they have an affair and you leave, you leave the relationship and the affair partner doesn't turn out to be all that like they thought, you know, in the beginning. And they decide, well, okay, I need to, I need to get this other person back. So what am I going to do? Well, I'm going to um, tell them that I'm sorry for having an affair. I'm tell them that nobody measures up to them. And, you know, then, then that kind of manipulation begins that once again, might look like honesty. It might look like they knew what they were doing. Of course they know, of course they know they're having an affair. Of course they know that. So there, there are things they, they know that they're doing, but their mind just doesn't go because remember that narcissism is a coping mechanism and a defense mechanism that was established in early childhood to deal with early childhood wounding. These are programs that people are running. And these programs continue to happen. And when I say programs, I'm talking about these automatic ways of being in the world. And we all have them. We all have programming from society, from our families. And a lot of us that are on a personal growth path, we need to deal with our programming. We're learning how to reprogram ourselves. We're learning how to let go of destructive programming, things that continue to hurt us over and over that we ourselves are doing, the patterns that we're repeating. That's part of our programming. So in order to heal from narcissistic abuse and come to understand that narcissistic person better, so that will help you to heal, so you realize, you know, this isn't this isn't about me not being enough. It's about this person's programming that causes this person to lack empathy, to lack the ability to care about how their behavior is affecting you. So if you understand that, a lot, a lot of narcissistic people that are kind of really high on the spectrum. So let's say malignant or even bordering on a sociopathic or actually sociopathic or psychopathic. A lot of these people set out to hurt. They want to hurt. They want to see their own internal pain that they have cut off from that they're not aware of to be on somebody else's face so they don't have to ever take ownership for their own pain for what's going on within them. So, I mean, there's a whole psychology behind it, but there are people that are on the malignant end of the spectrum that want to see you hurt. And that is very true. And that's very true of highly narcissistic and sociopathic people. They, 
they get a kick out of causing other people pain. So they are very vindictive. They want to extract energy from you and inflict pain onto you. And that's a very real thing. And that might be what this person who commented on my video was talking about, because I do see this a lot. I do see the really malignant end of the spectrum. But the thing that you have to understand about me and my work is that I've worked with people, people that were more mildly narcissistic and people that were highly narcissistic. And there's differences. I have been personally with narcissistic people who I would say were not vindictive, meaning they didn't set out consciously to cause me pain. Nevertheless, the relationships were highly painful. And the reason the relationships were highly painful is because these people were oblivious. Meaning they didn't have the capacity to consider how their actions and their behavior affected me. And I had to learn to take responsibility. I mean, of course, I left these relationships because I was unhappy in them. And I went through a lot of devastation. So let me tell you something. In my experience, somebody that's oblivious and that is not calculating and vindictive can still do an incredible amount of damage. That obliviousness can still be very damaging because we still expect on some level for people to consider us that we're in relationship with. We, we have expectations that that person's going to treat us well, that they're going to love us, that they're going to care about us. And when one is narcissistic and oblivious, they, they don't care because they can't care. They can't care. There is a lack of empathy. And there's, there's a lot of people that will say, well, they care about themselves. That's all they do. They care about themselves. In some ways that is true. In some ways it's not. Because in some ways, narcissistic people don't care about themselves either, not in any kind of authentic or genuine way. They care about getting their needs met. And this comes from, once again, early childhood wounding where those needs were not met. And so they become driven to meet their own needs and they become driven to not care about other people and their needs. In fact, they can become very 
annoyed with people who have needs, you know, in their relationship. How dare you have needs? How dare you have needs? That really affects your ability to serve me and my needs. So narcissism is narcissism, regardless of where they are on the scale or on the spectrum, to where it's still a lack of empathy and still a drive to meet one's own needs at the expense of others, and still an incapacity to care about others and their needs. So that's going to be present in narcissistic people. That compassion and empathy are lacking, and those are the main characteristics of a narcissistic personality. We see a lot of other characteristics as well. Entitlement, envy, validation seeking, that approval seeking that we talk about. There, there are a lot of different ways that narcissism shows up, but we can all pretty much agree that lack of empathy is the driving force behind narcissism. And lack of empathy, basically, for most narcissists, they're just, they're really just not able to consider what your experience is because they are so caught up in their own experience and they're constantly projecting too. So we project, you know, we project onto others. Well, you know, I would never do that to them. How could they do that to me? And the projection is, well, I don't think that they would ever do that to me. And I hear a lot of my clients that I've worked with say, I never thought he, he could be capable of doing that to me. The, or the truth is, is that you would never be capable of doing that to them. So there's this projection there that you projected your own reality onto them. Well, the narcissist does the same thing. The narcissist projects his narcissistic reality onto you. Well, I don't care about what happens to you. So why should you care about what happens to you? So, I mean, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot there. I mean, narcissism is very complex. It's not a simple thing. The important thing is, is that if you've been involved or are involved still with somebody that's narcissistic, you've got to understand what you're working with so that you can break free from that. And if it's a family member or somebody that you choose not to go completely no contact with, then you you need to have some really strong boundaries and stop the projection if you are projecting if you still believe well this person that i love a family member really does want the best for me and really does care about me and wouldn't do that to me you have to start realizing that um that's not true they would do that to you they they would hurt you they would continue to hurt you and even after you've had a fallout and tried to explain to them how much they hurt you, they will continue to hurt you 
because they're not plugged into your reality and they don't really care about that. Once again, back to defense mechanism, back to early childhood wounding, they are wrapped up in themselves and what's right for them and what's good for them. And they will do things at your expense because they just don't have that capacity to care about you. If they're higher up on the spectrum, then they may get a thrill out of seeing you hurt. They may just be poking at you all the time, trying to get to you. That happens. But remember, I've seen different varieties of narcissism. I've seen highly malignant, and I have seen people that are just oblivious and clueless. And that shows up a lot. People that are oblivious and clueless. And it's not like they intentionally set out to hurt. The hurt is just a result. Just, um, I like to compare it to a, a rattlesnake. A rattlesnake isn't being vindictive when it bites something or someone. It's just, it's nature. It's just what it does. It's not setting out to intentionally harm a person. It's just taking care of its needs for food or protection or defense. So the result is a person being bitten and hurt. So we have to understand that in our own healing process, we have to stop projecting our goodness and our compassion, and our empathy, and our desire to get empathy and compassion from another person that's incapable of giving it. We've got to work on ourselves with that to where we stop expecting or even wanting that person to care about us. I know I, I went through that a lot. I just want him to care about me. I just want him to show me that I'm important to him, that I matter to him. But the truth was I never did. And he was able to pick up and move on, whoever he was. I'm not even focusing on any one particular person because I've gone through this a lot. That was part of my own patterning that I had to deal with to grow past is I would get involved with people who showed me no compassion and try to get them to care about me, to show me compassion, to show me empathy, to show me that I was important to them. But the reality was I had to show me that I was important to me. I had to show myself that compassion and that empathy enough to stop putting myself in these positions with these people that were clueless to the point where they continued to hurt me and hurt me and hurt me. And that's where our work is. We can never fix that other person. They're programmed really deeply. In fact, that narcissistic program is super, programming is super stubborn. It's, it's not likely going to change. So most of you know that by now. You've watched enough videos, read enough books, had enough experience to know that that behavior is not likely ever going to change. We like to feel like we're special. Of course, we all want to feel special. And let me just go a step further and say, it's not narcissistic to want to feel special. It's human. 
It's a human need to feel that we're special. And sure, it's a quality of the ego, but ego is a survival mechanism. We all have ego and we always will, as long as we're in this body. Our ego is necessary and it can protect us. So I think we need to honor our own need to feel special, to feel wanted, to feel like we matter. And we also need to be able to give that to ourselves, to ourselves. We need to matter to ourselves. We need to feel special to ourselves. Like I have something that's special and unique about me. I've got unique gifts to offer the world. I have compassion for others. And, and I have compassion for myself. I can give myself what it is that I need. I, I often tell people that are highly codependent that we need to learn to become a little bit more narcissistic. And I don't mean that in a malignant way because narcissism in itself is not unhealthy. The word narcissism, it's a normal stage that we all pass through as children. The me, me, me stage, I want. And that's a normal part of our development and narcissistic people just get stuck in that part of their development in that stage of their development. And it's actually not their fault because they're usually very young when this happens, when they get stuck, it's usually because of trauma, abuse, um, entitled parents. There's a lot of reasons that, that people get stuck at that age. Well, I think that the majority of people get stuck at some developmental age emotionally because we're not a really emotionally mature society. So we, we all tend to get stuck, but it's never too late to grow emotionally. And that's what we're all doing, right? We're all learning. We're all growing. We're all leveling up and learning how to have a better relationship with our own emotions and a healthier emotional relationship with others. And so that's, that's what the work is that's on our plate is to be able to be a little bit more for the self instead of focused on everybody else and what they're doing and trying to get our needs met through external circumstances. I need you to notice me, to value me, to see me when we don't notice ourselves value ourselves or see ourselves it has to start here and the irony is is that once we do start to notice ourselves value ourselves care about ourselves love ourselves make ourselves important that we begin to see that more coming from the external world but we don't want to spend our energy trying to get our needs met from the external world. We need to learn to go within and meet that inner being and be able to meet our own needs for love and acceptance and approval so that we're not at the mercy of our external environment because we have no control whatsoever of our external environment. The only thing we have control over is what's going on inside, how we respond to things, how we react to things, how we feel about things. We, we may not have a lot of control over our feelings, but we can, we can work with them. 
we can work with how we feel about things. We can maybe shift our perspective, which changes our feelings about things. So just remember that on your journey of recovery, that for one, yeah, it's not about that narcissistic person. It's good to be educated. It's good to know what's going on with them because that lets you know where your boundaries are. It lets you know where to set the boundaries. It helps you to not be manipulated and keep allowing them back in with their um, apologies or whatever they do to try to suck you back in. It helps you to be a lot stronger in yourself to understand this. So the answer to the question, do narcissists know what they're doing? It's a complex answer. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. So thank you very much for being with me today, for listening, for watching. And if you would like to know more about me and my work, book a session, you can contact me at NarcissismFree.com or PathBackToSelf.com. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you in the next podcast.